0: Welcome to Not Sticking to Sports, a political and news-focused podcast brought to you by some of your favorite sports writers and personalities. I am David Walker of The Falcoholic and The Falcoholic Podcast, and as always, I am joined by my mercurial co-host, Gina Thomas of SB Nation. Gina, how are you doing?
1: Well, David, Donald Trump is still president, so I could be better, (laughs) but um, in general, I'm doing just fine.
0: (laughs) Oh, I know that feeling. Um, We do have a special (laughs) guest today. Uh, Our friend from the Falcoholic, a fellow writer who has joined recently, uh, who has also done the Falcoholic podcast with us recently, uh, and that is Carter Brazil. Carter, how are you doing, man?
2: I'm doing very well. I definitely – I I did Nunberg my way through that podcast, but uh, (laughs) the fact that you invited me on here, uh, I guess – you know, speaks a little bit of volume. So, no, good to be here. Um, awesome.
0: <laughs> we won't let you that. Nunberg through this one. Uh, and I love the fact that Nunberg has now become a verb. in oh, it's, the, it's, it's a verb become. for sure. <laughs> Don't Nunberg Also,
1: as, as our listeners know, I Nunberg my way through every podcast. <laughs> That's <laughs> my brand for sure. <laughs> so, Nunberging is welcome here.
2: Work skills, uh, Nunberg.
0: I've my way through life. So we're all sailing in the same ship together. So, with that, let's jump straight into the lead. Um, obviously, right before we started recording this podcast, which is happening uh, March 8th, Thursday, um, you know, in the evening, the news hit. And this is very interesting that President Trump has agreed to meet with the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong un, sometime in May potentially to discuss a deal um, where North Korea will agree to disarm uh, from, and, and quit their nuclear weapons testing. Um, until then, Donald Trump has said that the sanctions that we have placed on North Korea will, will remain in place. Uh, they will not be lifted until uh, that meeting happens and presumably an agreement can be reached with North Korea. Uh, but this is some rather significant news. Uh, I'm not even sure what to make of this at this point, uh, but this, this is something that's fresh. It's just hit. Obviously, uh, earlier last year, uh, Donald Trump was uh, referring to Kim Jong-un as Rocket Man, uh, and he was essentially <laughs> oh, comparing little, size rocket, of, man. rocket Man. And he was comparing the size of Kim Jong-un's less significant nuclear button to that of his own, which was uh yeah, He terrifying. literally,
1: literally had a pissing contest on Twitter with Kim Jong Un <laughs> about did.
0: And his sizes
1: Because let's be honest, that's what he was really referring to.
2: His button works, though, so, David. His button works. It's a much his bigger button, button works. It's bigly. You know bigly his. Button.
1: Well, I w- I was gonna make a Stormy Daniels joke, but I'll save that for that actual segment.
0: <laughs>
2: <so>. <laughs> yeah, that that's like fourth on the on the block. So we'll get to it.
0: Yes. Uh, So, uh, Carter, I'll start with you. Uh, Your thoughts on this potential meeting of the minds? I'm
2: really, (laughs) really confused by this. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm nervous. I'm confused. Um, And it'll be really fucking ironic if Donald Trump wins the Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) Oh, God! (laughs) I don't... I mean, I... (sighs) He, he was pretty much, I mean, he was he was outing Rex Tillerson on Twitter, basically, you know, rolling the bus over him about Rex Tillerson saying that he wanted to uh, hold talks, diplomatic talks, with North Korea. Um, and, yeah, you got the button thing. Like, he was essentially saying, like, that, no, there's, there's no talking that's going to happen. Right. And then all of a sudden, we're here, and Donald Trump is going to meet with Kim Jong-un. And... I don't – I mean, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember the last president that met with a leader from North Korea. I don't know if it's ever happened.
0: Yeah. Um, since the North Korean War, I I don't think it has.
2: Yeah. I mean, you've had three presidents uh, or, you know, dear leaders of North Korea since the Korean War and the peninsula split up. Um, I don't know if I want Donald Trump in a room with that guy. Uh, <laughs> It can go either way. I mean, I I, I could choose to be optimistic about it, uh, but uh, Donald Trump has given me no reason to do so. So um, wait and see, I suppose. It's, it's very, very confusing, David.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Gina, what are your thoughts on this weird development?
2: You know what
1: concerns me is, I guess, just generally speaking, um, Kim Jong-un is not terribly mentally or emotionally stable and neither is donald trump and so i don't think this is going to be a very productive meeting i think that it could be an absolute shit show um and the other (laughs) thing is
2: in an airport Trump
1: trump doesn't really he doesn't have a lot of finesse in the way that he deals with anybody, and he thinks that that lack of finesse is a good thing. So it's not like he's going to go and be this, you know, great ambassador for our nation and, you know, be able... This is not going to be like Reagan ending the Cold War. This is going to be like another pissing contest just in real life. And I don't think that it can possibly go well. I think that the only potential (laughs) saving grace is that Trump will almost certainly say something batshit and make kim john mad and then he won't agree to have a meeting and so maybe maybe that's the only way that it cannot get worse but that could also be worse like i don't know i don't really see a potential good outcome i see a lot of potentially very bad outcomes here
2: yeah like this is seeming like a photo op but it's a really really high level photo op um because if you get those two Donald Trump is, not, he's not going to stick to a script. I mean, that, that's established.
0: No.
2: Um, it's going to go sideways. So hopefully it doesn't happen. Yeah, as Gina was saying, uh, hopefully he, he completely just bones it and it never occurs. Like Mike Pence's meeting with the uh, you know, North Koreans in the Olympics. Um, but yeah, very, very, very nervous here in Orlando.
1: one thing that i do want to point out is that trump's tweet about this was not composed by trump and i mean we've talked about this on this podcast i've developed my own system for discerning whether or not trump is writing his own tweets and this one he did not write because there are no like all of the proper nouns are appropriately capitalized except for there's one you know, representatives doesn't need to be a proper noun. So this is what it says. Kim Jong-un talked about denuclearization with the South Korean representatives, not just a freeze. Also, no missile testing by North Korea during this period of time. Great progress being made, but sanctions will remain until an agreement is reached. Meeting being planned, exclamation mark. There's only one exclamation mark. There are no words in all caps. There are no insults toward anybody.
2: Well, we and know- so there's
1: no way that Trump wrote this tweet. So we have no way of knowing if he's even on board with this or if this is just something that the people around him are like, okay, this is good, we're doing this. Um, and I would sort of, you know, lean toward the latter and I am just going to sit back and wait for him to fuck it up because I, <laughs> that is just what I expect these days. I have every reason to expect that outcome. So.
2: Well, we know Hope Hicks didn't write it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's true. She doesn't work there anymore. Uh, yeah. Sarah Huckabee Sanders might be the next one out the door, too. Bye. Oh,
0: yes, God. which we will touch on very shortly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that was a poor choice of words. Um, so Let's, <laughs> let's segue <laughs> into our... Jesus, I really went there. Uh, we're going to move on into our next uh, piece of breaking news, because these days, news comes by the minute in the Trump administration, and... Uh, This is a a particularly big one if you're the least bit uh, concerned about the the economic policy of the U.S., and that is today Trump followed through with his order to uh, administer tariffs on steel and aluminum imports. Um, Some of the details here, Mexico and Canada for now are safe. They will not be hit by these tariffs so at least the two countries immediately surrounding us will not be pissed at us. <laughs> um, the The tariff rates it's it's going to be twenty five percent on imported steel, ten percent on imported aluminum. Um, it, Trump is is putting a fifteen day execution on this. So basically, in fifteen days, these tariffs will go live. Um, It is going to directly impact some of our partners, such as the European Union and South Korea, which is incredibly notable, Um, and they essentially have now 15 days to try to make a case for why the tariffs should not apply to them, Um, and this set of tariffs are coming against essentially the entire uh, Congress, including the GOP, uh, many of its leaders uh, advising against it, And essentially Trump's entire cabinet, including his chief economics advisor, uh, or maybe we should say his former chief economics advisor, Gary Cohn, who is stepping down because of these tariffs. So Gina, uh, with all of that said, um, I know we have chatted just a little bit about this, but your thoughts on uh, essentially Trump agreeing to declare a trade war on the rest of the world?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, talk about what Trump is doing. um, I think that it's a very bad idea. Um, You know, I think that if you look at the fact that Cohn stepped down, he felt that these tariffs were a bad idea, and it was that conflict, I think, that led to him resigning as Trump's top economic advisor. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just a bad idea. It's just just a bad idea very bad idea it's it's not good for international relations it's not economically beneficial um it's just it's just all bad it's all bad like so many things (laughs) this is one like like so many things you know it's just uh, yeah and I, I do think that we do a good job of trying to be um to steal a phrase from the most fake news network fox news i think that we do try to actually be fair and balanced in real life like actually fair and balanced um so if i could come up with anything nice to say about these tariffs i would do it i just can't i'm sorry (laughs) it's not possible
0: yeah i and and to be fair i think the tariffs were intended to be used primarily against china um Mm who and, and People have said this, and this is a very fair point. China tends to game the system. Uh, They do things that, you know, uh, fairly participating countries do not do. Uh, And there are legitimate criticisms to be had there uh, as far as how China, you know, cuts their prices by, you know, the government subsidizing um, production costs and their, you know, cheap labor uh, where they're paying people literally, you know, pennies per hour. Uh, so, all of that is, you know, when you get into those discussions, that's legitimate. Um, but the fact that this tariff is literally going to impact some of our key strategic partners like the European Union, South Korea, and others, um, that's a concern. And, and, you know, some of Trump's advisors have told him this is a national security risk. Uh, yeah. These other countries could literally react. Negatively from a national security standpoint, where they will quit sharing mm-hmm. information with us because of these tariffs, so Carter uh, along those lines, what, what is your take on uh, these tariffs and, and what kind of damage could be done in, in the long term
2: Well, there are a couple things that astound me about this um, the first being Gary Cohn uh, was the only you know Democrat high ranking advisor to the president right. Um, he apparently wrote a letter, like a resignation letter, after Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. They're never handed it in, or it was declined by the president. That's kind of you know up in the air as to how that went. Um, but he stayed on. But the tariffs are what made him leave. Okay. <laughs> so that kind of gives you a sense <laughs> of. People that, that are the very smart people working in this White House, um, yeah. If, if if it's economics, I'm out. If it's uh, you know torch wielding racism, yeah. We'll, we'll see what day it is, and we'll figure we can it out. To be clear, Gary
0: Cohn uh, you know, is.
1: There are great people on many sides. On oh, many yeah. sides,
0: and to be clear, Gary Cohn is Jewish. So there yeah. was there was very good reason for him to be very upset. By yeah. Charlottesville,
2: um, he yeah, looked, he looked like somebody had killed his dog in that press conference <laughs> at the <laughs> lobby of Trump Tower, where where Trump doubled down on the uh, mini sides thing. So uh, yeah, he yeah did. Th- but the fact that this is what caused him to resign and, and walk out in protest, uh, you know, says speaks volumes. Uh, two, the European Union in uh, retaliation for this—I guess you could say retaliation. Mm-hmm. They have announced tariffs on imports of Harley Davidson motorcycles and blue jeans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very American stuff, right there.
2: Wow! So they're uh, they're they're yeah, surgically attacking uh, Trump's base here. Um, but no, that's, it's, it's that's it, it, fantastic. It's <laughs> it, it it's really silly. Um, I, I, silly is not the right word, but it, it's kind of a crazy thing because this is where the Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump uh, kind of voter base mix and kind of intersect mm-hmm. is with manufacturing and the union workers, which I've never really understood. But I mean, today, you know, the head of the AFL CIO came out and said this is a great thing for, <laughs> manu- for American manufacturing. And that is, I mean, the unions are a bastion of the democratic base.
0: Right. Right. So
2: the fact that you have, you know, the head of one of the, well, the biggest union in the United States coming out and supporting this kind of boggles my mind. And we actually, I mean, you know, full disclosure, I was on a uh, podcast before this. I am now a podcast mercenary. Um, <laughs> <but it's> a, <laughs> it, it, it was a beer podcast. And we talked about this because the, the brewing industry is completely up in arms about it. Right. Um, the aluminum it, cans. Yeah. Miller Coors is absolutely against this. And I'm looking at an article that I pulled up uh, before this, and they say that they estimate a tariff of 10% on aluminum would cost beer and beverage producers 20, or $256.3 million and 20,000 jobs. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, that doesn't
1: I, seem like it's good for good for business or good for the economy.
0: No, not at all. And Your cheap piss beer is going to cost even more. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
2: I'm going to drown my sorrows about Donald Trump way more expensively, like a year from now. <laughs> um, no, but uh, the the rumor out of the White House was that this was all a result of just like a bunch of chaos with. Right. Jared Kushner being investigated, Hope Hicks leaving, and that Donald Trump wanted to start a war with something that didn't yep. involve bullets. Yep.
0: So, we, we essentially have a five-year-old who is uh, developing economic policies because uh, his best friend left him.
2: Yeah. So, I don't know. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's really dumb. I think it's going to hurt the economy uh, writ large. And, you know, you, you'll find... Some people in, you know, Western Pennsylvania or Michigan that, you know, will support this. But then when you see the overall like macro impact of it, it's going to be bad for the country.
0: Yeah. I, I, I get why the unions would want to back this, but at the same time, there is a way to go ab- about this and this is not the way. And, and I think many people, uh, are saying you know sort of the same thing that there are legitimate criticisms to be had about the relationships we have with other countries in particular china uh, and the trade deficit that we have with them
2: yeah uh, for sure i mean they they dump steel and aluminum i mean they they yep. flood the market with it yeah um but basically punishing all of our allies in trade <laughs> it's 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 not a smart move it doesn't make us safer it doesn't make us richer um it's the protectionist you know, nationalist thing that Donald Trump has run on. Um, and to be honest with you, if, if you go back to Donald Trump, you know, in the late seventies, eighties, this is one of the things that he has always been dead set on. It's something he's never wavered on. He has always been um, a few things, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but in terms of policy, he has always been on trade wars and that we're getting screwed uh, by other countries in terms of trade. So if you're looking for some kind of consistency in his, you know, political ideology, this is it. So maybe that explains. That's about
1: the, that's, that's really it though. Like there's really no other consistency, but yeah, that, that is it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Dumb, dumb. (laughs) But but, but this is, this is the one thing.
0: (laughs) This is the one thing. So, uh, transitioning away from that, um, Just real quick, you know, a couple of things to point out Uh, with Gary Cohn stepping down um, and this coming on the heels of rumors that H.R. McMaster, uh, the national security advisor, will be forced out uh, sometime this month. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. The the (laughs) turnover rate in the Trump White House is currently at at least 34 percent. The previous high. Was under Ronald Reagan, which was seventeen percent. So Trump has literally double the turnover rate that Reagan had, which was already you know the the high at that point. For comparison, um, George W. Bush had a six percent turnover rate when he was president, which was uh, you know r- relatively low uh, compared to some of the others. But Trump's is the largest by uh, a landslide. For those of you who watch uh, Rachel Maddow on MSNBC. Um, every night she puts up a wall and, and it literally is a wall listing all of the people or positions that have seen resignations over the um, little more than a year that Trump has been in office. And it's a staggering list. Uh, and it just shows you the the, the level of instability uh, that's going on in the White House right now, even though Trump has said that. Everyone wants to work for him. It, it looks like he's chasing out more people than he can bring in. Uh, so, you know, that's sort of a footnote to the rest of these stories, but it is worth pointing out. It um, would take
2: Julio Jones five minutes to run the length of that list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is Like that, I mean, we're, we're talking about – you know possibly well,
0: not,
2: you know, if we were switching from the metric system uh, to, to what we're on we could just use that like we could use that and yeah i drive 30 miles to work every day uh, i would only drive a mile of trump departures
0: <laughs> or a half a scarabucci uh- <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah the Mooch. So, Gina, I, I don't know if you've had time to to look through any of Trump's tweets um, over the past week. If not, I'll give you this uh, this moment to uh, log in and, and peruse some of those because I know he's he's had some. You know, doozies. I'm
1: i've i've been i've been skimming here, and you know, honestly, he's been a little sedate. Um, <laughs> You know, not a not a lot of all cap stuff. Um,
0: I was expecting more. He is more talking the a lot
1: about economics. Thing. He is real chatty. Oh wait, but let's let's back up now. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Lowest rated Oscars in all caps history. Problem is, we don't have capital S stars anymore, except your president. Just kidding, of course. He is not kidding, and he sucks. <laughs> Who like the fact that he tweeted this petty ass tweet about the Oscars, which again is poorly capitalized,
0: oh, is hilarious
1: mind.
0: to me. Um, Plus let's see
1: what else. What else do we have going on here? He's retweeting Drudge Report a lot. Like, is nobody pulling him aside and saying, "Don't retweet Drudge Report. <laughs> you just don't. No, just Drudge absolutely Drudge. don't. You just look like a fucking idiot."
2: Drudge is like he
1: retweeted drudge twice in a row
2: oh that's good for him though like that's his uh, base yeah no i mean in terms of like things he would normally retweet uh at least drudge is a little more uh considered like uh,
1: actual meat like actual reporting like it's not just some random ass white supremacist on the internet
2: (laughs) which he
1: has been known to retweet On multiple occasions.
0: Um, This is
1: a personal favorite of mine. The new fake news narrative is that there is all caps chaos in the White House wrong people will always come and go and I want strong dialogue before making a final decision (laughs) I still have some people that I want to change always seeking perfection there is no capital c chaos only great capital e energy my guy everybody sees through this (laughs) shit like everybody (laughs) sees through it and I love that he's like I still have some people that I want to change Because he knows more people are going to leave. And he wants to act like it's not because he's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, oh my goodness. I just don't even know what to say. And um, do you remember when he said he was going to bring in the best people? The very best people.
0: Best people. I only hire the best people.
1: Can we we say with any degree of assurance that that's happening No,
2: That it's not happening. I mean, I
1: would say... I would say enthusiastically, no.
2: And that was not my, done that. So. That was my mom's, like, main rationalization for voting for him. I mean, she's a lifelong Republican. You know, that's fine. Um, but that was her thing. She, she bought a – she was sold a bill of goods that he would bring in the smartest people. And she's like, Carter, it's going to be fine. We're going to bring in – he's going to bring in the smart people. And <laughs> – things did not go that way and now she refers to donald trump as donny t and she hates
1: him, <laughs> which is good. pejoratively yeah, by the yeah. way <laughs> not, not not fondly
2: she's like carter donny t he didn't do anything for puerto rico i'm like yes mom you're on my team now
0: <laughs> he, he did not um
1: no he did not
0: I'm, i am glad to hear she came around um So, Gina, any other notable tweets before we transition into our steamy segment of the week?
1: Um, I would say, you know, most of his tweets have not been written by him lately. (laughs) But another one, I I do just want to throw this one out there from March 3rd, and then I'm going to be ready to wrap this up. Um, He tweeted on March 3rd, Mainstream media, as a proper noun, in U.S. is being mocked all over the world. They've gone crazy, all caps, and he was retweeting his son Don Jr., who may be the stupidest Trump, but it's a really close call. Like, I, it's a very it's close a call. Bar. And he, yeah. Donald Trump Jr., was quoting Mark Levin, who said the attacks on Trump and his family are quote unparalleled in American history. <laughs> <Okay>. Sure. <laughs> I mean, there's that's from the conservative review, which I'm sure is a very fine, upstanding publication, not at all fake news.
0: And, so and completely unbiased. He's yes, fucking.
1: clearly. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it for for Trump tweets. I think that I think that there may be like limiting his access to tweet like a drunk teenager. <laughs> which is probably good for the country, but it is certainly less entertaining for me.
0: (laughs) He's
2: He's probably not going to
1: get us new if if they're reining him in a little bit. So, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad, I guess.
2: No, he's doing different things during executive time. And he was advised by his doctor to lose weight, so maybe he's on the treadmill.
0: Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. That was... I don't Sorry. think
1: he can be on the treadmill, Carter. Because I don't know if you know this, but the human body functions like a battery, and exercise <laughs> depletes it, and it cannot be recharged. <laughs> and so, if he if he gets on the treadmill, he will die. This is a thing <laughs> that the president of the United States actually believes, and y'all elected this man. <laughs> and when I say y'all, I mean y'all for sure, because it had nothing to do with me. So, <laughs> not you two either. I know. I'm like bold, I'm not bl- I'm not blaming either of you. But if any. If anyone who voted for Trump is listening, that's who you elected. You elected somebody who thinks the exercise will literally kill you because your body can't recharge itself. Like, this is the dumbest shit that I have ever heard. This is stuff that, like, maybe a Neanderthal would think, like, well before they had any kind of medical (laughs) understanding or, like, science (laughs) or, you know,
2: access to
1: any kind of knowledge.
2: I'm trying to be positive here, and maybe they have they have jammed the Wi-Fi signals in the White House gym, and every morning, <laughs> Donald Trump goes in there, and he bounces the medicine ball, but wonders why it doesn't bounce back.
1: <laughs> now that I can believe.
2: And so he's confused, and he's trying to figure that out, and it, it jams his brain, and he doesn't tweet. So... Whatever. You know,
1: and if that's actually that could work and if they're not doing it i think that they should try it because that would work for him we're talking about a man who has to have illustrations in his security <laughs> briefing so he doesn't lose focus
0: Here's a stick figure <laughs> a, of a,
1: a sixth grader is the president of the united states is what i'm trying to say
0: oh no 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 i would take gladly a sixth grader running the united states right now gina I feel like that's that would be an upgrade.
1: It would be an upgrade, honestly. I would I would turn the United States over to Baxter Thomas, who is currently <laughs> biting my hand.
0: <laughs> he's trying to fit my whole
1: hand in his mouth. He's he's not the smartest little guy, um, and he'd be oh. better than Trump. So no, he is actually very smart. He knows how to high five. He can run a country.
0: Speaking of exercise that Trump does like participating in. Let's talk oh, about wait. Stormy oh. Daniels story. <laughs> God, here comes Daniel. a segue. I, I was that looking for a segue. segue. <laughs> that was literally all that I could come up with. I'm oh, sorry, boy. folks. I it's am, a good
1: one. I like it. I I'm like it. I'm
0: into my whiskey, and it is certainly affecting my judgment at this point.
1: <laughs> I got to get some more wine if we're talking about Stormy Daniels. So here we go.
0: Pour, you guys can come them. into my pantry with me. Um so, so
1: yeah uh um this is quite this is quite quite a lot of stuff going on with this today.
0: Oh yeah. Um so uh, real quick plug for those uh who don't follow her there is a former FBI agent on Twitter by the name of Asha Rangapa and uh she is a CNN contributor Uh, Very, very knowledgeable about the law, about things like the FISA process. Uh, She's definitely worth a read. Uh, She actually put up uh, an opinion piece on CNN today about how this Stormy Daniels, uh, or Stephanie Clifford, as is her real name, lawsuit against Trump uh, could be painting him into the corner. So uh, well worth the read. It's it's very good. It paints a, a very detailed picture of why, uh, this lawsuit could end up being a very big problem for the president. Um, and Gina, I know you've got an article uh, you'll point out a little bit later as well. Uh, but in in the light of this conversation, I wanted to point that one out. Um, so, oh yeah, I, I guess the big news here is uh, what I just mentioned, and that is that uh, Stephanie Clifford, uh, also known as Stormy Daniels, is now suing the president over the NDA agreement that was reached in 2016 with, uh, Trump's lawyer, David, Denison. <laughs> <laughs> David, right. The, uh, the name on the contract, uh, uh, David Dennison, uh, who is supposedly supposed to be, uh, Donald Trump. She is alleging that because, uh, Trump did not sign the contract, that it is not a valid contract. Um, and that, uh, she should be allowed to talk uh, because the the contract is non void. Um, so this is a, a yet another interesting sort of twist in the midst of this story that just will not go away for Trump. No. Uh, and honestly, I'm kind of glad that it it won't because uh, Gina. We've talked about this before, but if this were any other president. If this were Barack Obama and we're talking about this story and only this story, mind you, not even talking about um, the Russian investigation or any of the other stuff that we talk about on a weekly basis. If it was just this story, President Barack Obama uh, has alleged to, be, to have had an affair with a porn star and paid her over $100,000 to hush her, and now she's suing him. The right would be losing their ever loving minds right now. And
1: yet, they'd be going through impeachment,
0: the impeachment process
1: right now. And and here's the thing it, it would actually be bipartisan. Because I really think that the Democrats would be on board with that, too, Uh, because this is shady as hell. Okay, the whole thing is shady as hell. This all happened when he and Melania were married and Mm -hmm. after Barron, the youngest child, was born, you know, just shortly after. So it's gross. I mean, it's a gross. It's. It's a disgusting story, and he's a disgusting person who clearly objectifies women, and this is not the only woman that this has happened with. And he has on top of this a billion – that's a slight exaggeration – but many, many sexual assault and harassment allegations that have been raised against him. And, yeah, I don't know, past the point where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean this is a man who has objectified women proudly – um for as long as he's been in the public eye i mean that's kind of been part of his persona and yeah the whole thing is just gross and if it were obama obama would be impeached yep yeah that's it you know (laughs) bill clinton was impeached he he did go through the impeachment process yes um he was not removed from office but you know for having an affair with an intern and he should have been that was legitimate Mm -hmm. um it's just crazy to me that the the mental gymnastics that the moral majority, quote unquote, has to go through to justify their continued support of Trump is really, uh, it's genuinely amazing to me because it's incredibly, incredibly hypocritical. So um, yeah, it's, it's problematic, but lots going on here with this Stormy Daniels thing, and um, kind of I think the thing that I found most amusing about it today is this Sarah Huckabee Sanders who has been a mainstay she's been you know she now now she's one of the longest tenured people in this White House because they're dropping like flies she may be next because she inadvertently confirmed that Trump had an affair with Stormy Daniels because somebody asked her about the arbitration and she said yeah it yeah it went Trump's way but right. by confirming that, he, that it went his way, she confirmed that there was arbitration, and by confirming that there was arbitration, she confirmed that Trump had an affair with her, because otherwise there's nothing to, to win in arbitration. I mean, the, right. so n- now Trump is reporting, we know what happened, So Trump is unhappy with somebody they no longer, they're not going to work there anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's really something. I, she has Sarah Huckabee Sanders has a very difficult job. I don't care for her, but I do feel sorry for <laughs> her, just what she has to deal with, and <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to all be coming to an end, so she can, you know,
2: right. call yeah, it call know, it a
1: Obama. day. <laughs> but
2: Barack Obama wore a brown suit. In <laughs>
1: the tan the- suit is still a scandal. It's still
2: a scandal. And he caught shit for about a week from Fox News. Uh They they gave him shit because he ordered stone ground mustard sandwich. And they started calling him elitist. It turned into a storyline for like 48 hours. But this man, this man, Donald Trump, has an affair with a porn star while his wife, after his wife had just given birth to his youngest son. And on the right, it's not even a blip on the radar. No. It's nothing. And I'm telling you, like, I mean, seriously, Michael Cohen, his lawyer had to admit that he gave $130,000 to Stormy Daniels, Stephanie Clifford, but he won't say why. <laughs> so right. you're just giving 130 grand to a porn star.
1: But Trump didn't pay him. Back. 12
2: days, Yeah. 12 days before the election. And we're just supposed to be like, all right, that, that's cool. That's normal. <laughs> um, the whole thing is crooked as hell. And, it, and, it, and if, you know, I don't know, I can't anticipate how anything is going to go in terms of the public opinion regarding anything with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But this thing, and I was talking to Gina about it earlier, this actually seems to have some legs. Because if if this suit, and I know that uh, Trump's attorneys already filed some, like, secret gag order uh, on Stormy Daniels. um, If this suit, you know, comes to fruition, you're talking about civil discovery, and you're talking about a wide range of shit that will become public record um, you know Donald Trump depositions and I don't know man um, Monica Lewinsky scandal came out of the Whitewater investigation, and that was a special counsel as well with Ken Starr yep. so it's it kind of seems like to me that this this is going to to uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be one of the things that might potentially either drive evangelicals away from Donald Trump um, or take him down. I yeah, don't know.
0: You know, Gina, I've talked about this in the past and I, and I think uh, the entire Republican party has basically relinquished any right they have to judge anyone on a moral basis. And the, the, at what point is it a breaking point? You know, is it with the uh, admission on tape that he sexually assaulted women by grabbing them uh, in their private places without them asking? Without asking them, uh, you know, is it the nineteen to twenty uh, allegations of sexual assault brought by women uh, against him? Is it the dozens of uh, court cases that he settled out of court with uh, NDAs on you know against women uh, so that they would not talk about what he did to them uh, is it going to be the stormy daniels thing i mean what's the tipping point for evangelicals who say that they are the quote unquote and I remember this phrase back from, you know, the, the late 80s, the moral majority, which is what, you know, they, they proclaim themselves to be. I, I think the minute you get in bed with a candidate like Trump, you forfeit any right you have. Yeah, 100 percent. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when you've got uh, no, guys I mean, like Franklin Graham defending this monster, it, it's I, I sort of I, I can't stomach or believe anything that these folks have to say from a moral standpoint anymore.
1: Oh, no, I can't either. And David, you
2: Oh, no, it's happening again.
1: I'm in the church. I'm familiar with scripture and.
0: Uh-oh. Oh, Gina. Gina. <laughs> huh?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Your audio is dropping again.
1: Oh, it is?
0: Yeah. Oh, no. Trump's got her. That. <laughs> you may want to drop and rejoin real quick.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm going to do that. Okay. Uh, okay. okay.
2: Um, yeah, I I don't know if there is a bottom to this. Um, I, I feel like once you make that Faustian bargain to accept Donald Trump as, as your flag bearer <laughs> and, and the person who represents you and your religion, I think that's it. Yeah. And, um, I, and I think you realize that at some point, but the fact that you've already, you know, you know, fucking shaking the hand of the devil you're just gonna rationalize it until uh, until it goes away yeah Um, so I don't know if there's an end point Um, I I would like to think there are a bunch of people and and, you know I already I already dropped my mom's name earlier here she's not an evangelical but she realized she fucked up (laughs) and I, I I would like to believe that You know, in the, you know, 34, 35% of this country that voted for this man, um, there's at least, you know, 5% of that that would absolutely go back and vote another way, given the chance. Yeah.
0: So, Gina, you were saying –
1: Um, I was just saying how hypocritical this whole religious right thing is. I mean, there's really nothing about worshiping the Republican Party that is consistent with with scripture. Um, It's heresy, the way that these people conflate these things. Um, And so, yeah, it's just, it's very problematic to me. I think that to any discerning Christian, I think that you look at Donald Trump and you say, this is really an amoral fuck. And I cannot support anything that he does. Like, I don't think that you can look at him and his track record, very public track record of the way that he has treated his wives, the extramarital affairs that he's had, um, just the way that he treats people, his greed and avarice. I don't think that you can look at any of this and be like, no, this is totally fine. <laughs> like, this fits. This totally fits. Totally fits. with Like, Jesus would be fine with this. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not at all. And everybody <laughs> who, who has told me that they voted for Trump because they, their Christian values meant that they had to vote Republican. I oh. think that every single one of those people can fuck off into outer space because that is a bunch <laughs> of bullshit. It is a bunch of bullshit. It is, it's heresy. It is absolutely heresy. And I have no patience for it. So, yeah, that's basically what I had to say.
0: Yeah, there it is, Uh, and I'm with both of you uh, at at this point. um, The Stormy Daniels story has legs, and you know, like I said, read, go read the uh, the CNN uh, opinion piece by uh, Asha Rangappa. Uh, She does a very good job of of showing how there are multiple ways this could go very, very poorly for Trump and for his, you know, for his lawyer, for Cohen. Uh, this is really paying them into a corner. And this, of all of the things, this could end up being the story that sort of uh, breaks apart this, this administration. So, uh, along those lines, let's uh, do our real quick Mueller update, the Mueller investigation update.
2: Bobby, um, three sticks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 so, um, so far, it, it's been a, a quiet, Week and a half uh, after about two, three straight weeks of indictments and uh, bl- bombshells come out of the Mueller investigation, uh, some of the news we've seen this week, uh, Paul Manafort, uh, Trump's uh, former campaign advisor, uh, is scheduled to go to trial in Virginia in July. Yeah, uh, if you in
2: court today, and somebody threw a traitor flag at
0: him. Right, yes. Oh, boy. Uh, well,
1: that's an adventure.
0: Yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, it was very cool. That was an American hero. Um, Trump, uh, you know, it, it, as far as the, the, the Trump Putin, uh, back channels, uh, the Mueller investigation is now looking into a meeting that happened in Seychelles, uh, between, uh, one of Trump's, uh, friends slash advisors, Eric Prince, um, and, uh, a, a, Person by the name of George Nader, who was an advisor to the UAE, to the United Arab Emirates, yeah. uh, and the big news this week is that George Nader is apparently now a cooperating witness with the Mueller investigation. So yet yeah. another person has flipped. Uh, so um, Carter, I know you mentioned a little bit, of, a little bit of this in uh, our chat before we started the podcast. Uh, your your thoughts or your takes on uh, some of the Mueller investigation updates
2: uh it's it's just another case of people lying uh, in front of congressional committees um eric prince who <laughs> is the founder of blackwater <laughs> um he is also betsy devos's brother so that adds an extra oh yeah wow. um, so he he basically led a, a mercenary army in iraq and afghanistan killed a bunch of civilians um They were sued, Uh, they went under, and he is now operating the same type of thing under a different name, and it escapes me right now, because I don't want to think about that guy, because he's a fucking awful human. Um, But yeah, he he testified before the Congressional Committee that he met in the Seychelles with, um, I believe his name is uh, Mohammed bin Zayed. Who was one of the crown princes of the UAE and uh, this Nader gentleman who is now on Bobby Three Stick's team. Um, but at the time he said that there that you know it was nothing nefarious. They were just having a conversation and that there was a Russian that they wanted him to talk to, who just happened to be at the bar in the hotel <laughs> in the city <laughs> <else>. <laughs> So complete he, coincidence fucking weird, right? So <laughs> <laughs> um, so he said he went down, uh, according to his congressional testimony, he went down to the bar, he said, uh, you know, I had a beer, he had a beer, or you know, maybe a vodka, so he had to throw a little humor in there, and that they just talked about the state of things, and that was it. Um, now all of this is coming to light that he completely lied about that. <laughs> and um, it's it's kind of starting to paint the picture uh, as to, you know, getting getting Russia involved. I believe this meeting was supposed to have occurred early 2016. I could be mistaken. I could be mistaken.
0: Right. Um, I think that's right.
2: But, yeah, I mean, this this dude's a worm, like, straight up. Um, I, Blackwater was a terrible, terrible organization. The fact that he's tied in, you know, <laughs> familially, he shares DNA with Betsy DeVos, who is the secretary. Who is of-
1: terrible. Yes. Just absolutely terrible.
2: Right. Yes. Um, exactly. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't even have to explain to our audience why this doesn't, you know, fit on the level. So um, I guess Adam Schiff, the Democratic co-chair of the uh, judicial, uh, one, of, one of the committees, um, he's requested that Eric Prince comes back and testifies again. Because of yep. this new information, and now that Bobby Three Sticks uh, has uh, Senor Nader on his radar, so yeah, it, it's just a, just another offshore account, just another uh, meeting off the coast of Africa. So,
0: yeah, and I know we we've expressed on this podcast opinions about uh, the ton of smoke that would indicate. That there is something to the Trump-Russia collusion. I think we're at the point <laughs> that if you believe that there is no collusion, that Trump did not collude, then you you have to ask yourself the question, why are so many people lying about so many different things where the Trump-Russia story is concerned? There are there have been at least a dozen people that have been caught in lies either to Congress or to the FBI regarding, uh, you know, the, the entire uh, sequence of events that we believe indicates that uh, the Trump campaign colluded or conspired with the Russians to try to interfere with the 2016 elections. Uh, Gina, it it just seems like there is uh, a level of cognitive dissonance that is unparalleled in, uh, trying to deny that anything happened at this point.
1: Well, buddy, I mean, I, I think that that's kind of been a hallmark of this whole administration. (laughs) It's it's just kind of what they do. Um, there are, you know, there's a phrase that's come up on this podcast a few times and that would be illegal and ridiculous. And I feel like this kind of fits into that pigeonhole. Um, Yeah. None of it's surprising. And I do think that it just, you know, it, it's snowballing at this point. And I, we talk about this. I mean, I've talked to both of you about this separately. We've, David, you and I have talked about this with our, with our friends. Um, you know, it, it, at what point is enough enough and everyone's going to be like, OK, so yes, there was collusion <laughs> because there's all this evidence that there was collusion. Right. And just because Trump is yelling, there was no collusion, doesn't mean that there wasn't collusion. Like, <laughs> the fact that he's still not willing to take action to prevent future Russian meddling in American elections is probably the most damning, damning, <laughs> evidence oh, God, against him. I'm, went with I'm, the I'm tipsy now, you guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the silent end, Jim.
1: <laughs> the silent M um, Damning. Damning.
0: Damn.
1: Um, I'm very tired. We we <laughs> had to drink last night for our podcast. This is a lot <laughs> for me, you guys.
2: It was it was a rough morning afternoon. Uh in really-
1: <laughs> No, I talked I, I talked to Carter first first thing in the morning and we were both like, Well, <laughs> that was the <that> <laughs> Bad I was like, man, I'm still in bed. It was like 10 a.m. I didn't have to work until 1 p.m. Thank goodness. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm back. I'm back on my bullshit is what I'm saying. <laughs> and also,
2: this is the scariest thing to me about this. And like Gina was just, you know, kind of touching on it. The absolute just deluge of insanity from this White House has desensitized a lot of people yes and it 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 leads to people tuning out to the point where there might be some really important shit that you know you know whether it's a washington post report a new york times report um you know what have you that warrants attention and people have just turned it off like it's just it's just like white noise and it's like, oh God, what Trump's at it again? It's like, no, 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 he's really at it again. Like this is bad. <laughs> and can't ignore this one. Yeah. And it just it just comes so rapid fire and it, 24 hour news cycle can't even contain it, man. It's I mean, tomorrow there's gonna be something else. That's a guarantee. There's gonna be something else crazy. Mm-hmm. And
1: and I, then Trump will respond by doing something else crazy to distract from whatever is legitimately going on. And he is a master at deflection, like he really is. I think that that – look at the tariff situation this week. I mean, this all happened on the heels of Kushner's security clearance and Hope Hicks leaving, and then this became the big story. You know, the news cycle does move so quickly, and I think that Trump has – and I do think that his background in television has helped him master this – he has mastered it. Like, I don't think he's good at much, and I think he is exceedingly stupid. However, he is smart enough to pull this off. He is smart enough to pull the wool over the eyes of people who are willing to be duped by him.
2: Yeah, he's like And so
1: that's that's very problematic.
2: He is a sensei
0: of sensory overload. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's a good way
0: to put it. Truly. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, you know, the big thing that we're seeing now um, it, it is we are literally inundated with so much news. And, Jeannie, you just pointed out that um, the whole tariff thing sort of came in and put the kibosh on all the talk about the fact that Jared Kushner couldn't get a security clearance, that, you know, one yeah, of the and senior I mean, if, White if House advisors. Back,
1: if we would go back through this administration all the way back to – January twentieth, two thousand seventeen, when he was smart. I think that was the date. Like, don't hold it against me if I'm wrong. I am a little bit tipsy. But if we go all the way back to that, this is the way that it goes: scandal deflection, scandal deflection, scandal deflection, and it's a constant thing. And so the the thing with Kushner and his security clearance should have been a really big fucking deal, okay? Right. And it wasn't because he knows Trump knows how to deflect.
0: Yeah. And, and, and so now nobody's before.
1: talking about that anymore.
0: Yeah, and, and we said this before. Under any other president, any one of these dozens upon dozens of stories would have been a massive scandal that would have stayed in the news for for weeks, maybe months. And yeah. they don't last days in the Trump administration because they're literally buried under the next big bombshell that hits. And it's ridiculous, but uh, it is... And I, I, I think uh, one of our friends said this recently. It's exhausting trying to keep up with mm-hmm. all of it. And yeah. It really is. Yeah. It is.
2: Like we were saying before, like we even went live, um, I was talking to DW. I'm like, I, I feel for these, you know, primetime newscasters who constantly have to just 20 minutes before they go on air, completely rewrite the entire show. Right. And it happens multiple times a week. And Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: we did offer our thoughts and prayers to those newscasters before we, our thoughts and prayers are with you
2: as, as much as he is a, I mean, he is like a deft media manipulator, but he's also a dumbass.
1: (laughs) Um, It is a really interesting dichotomy. I, you are correct.
2: I mean, like you, you've got all of this, like, uh, Basically, distraction, chaos, theory, nonsense. But at the same time, yesterday, we're talking about, you know, Robert Mueller. Yesterday, it comes out that Donald Trump apparently has been defying his lawyers and talking to witnesses about what they said to Robert Mueller. Oh,
0: yeah, no kidding. Exactly.
2: So, it's like, come on, dude. It, it, uh, it's like a snake eating its tail. <laughs> but the country <laughs> might go up at the end of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with all of that said, I, I do want to end it because we're, um, we're at the point where we've got to wrap the podcast up, but um, <laughs> yeah, G and I have talked about this. We could literally make this podcast an hourly thing and it would, <laughs> it would still go we an hour. We would still
1: be behind. We yes. would still be behind. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just, no question. We could, we could literally do this every hour that we were awake and still not cover everything.
0: Uh, I do want to end on a positive note um, and that is um, in honor of international women's day. uh, Thank you, Carter, for reminding me uh, prior to the podcast. um, 2018 represents a turning point in that women are now running for office in record breaking numbers. Uh, So a couple of things to uh, pay attention to here. 60% 60% more women are declaring, uh, to, to, run for office, uh, than the previous year. Uh, obviously this comes on the back of the me too movement, uh, in which women are taking back, uh, power away from, uh, uh serial assaulters in, uh, you know, multiple venues, both in government and in the you know, private sector. And 494 women have announced, uh, their intent to run for public office, that is up from just 312 from the previous cycle. So uh, a very, very significant increase. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's absolutely fantastic. And it, within those numbers, there are actually um, several uh, women who have accused Donald Trump himself.
2: Yeah, I, I, I was going to mention that. I was going to say uh, one of the, one of the women is running for state office. Yes. Uh, is yeah suing Donald mm-hmm. Trump and accused him of- with
1: with <laughs> a very specific story and asking mm-hmm. you know asking Trump Towers to release the security footage right. to yep. back up her side of the story and listen. I believe her, <laughs> so yeah.
0: I think so, that yeah. takes
1: a lot of courage to to do what she's doing. So
0: it does, and, and Gina, I know you and I have talked about this a lot. Um, you know the fact that you have two. Uh, daughters who are uh, you know Mm -hmm. young women uh, that are going to be uh, one is already voting age I think the other is soon to be or (laughs) actually
1: they're both they are both voting age now Um, Chelsea turned 18 in November so both my girls are registered voters which is great Um, yeah I, I just I don't think that we've talked about this on this podcast but I do want to just transport everybody back to a really horrible night, uh, election night, when Donald Trump was elected. And I remember going into my younger daughter's room and she mm-hmm. was on her phone and she was looking at the returns and she was like, he's going to win. And David, you remember, I mean, yes. I, w- I was the only one out of our group of friends who was like, I'm really worried. Like I'm legitimately worried that he's going to win. And Dave especially, because we blame Dave for a lot of stuff, but Dave was like, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it. Like, who would vote for him? Like, this is crazy. Of of course he's not going to win. And I was like, I don't think you understand what people really think about women in this country. And I think that that played into Hillary not getting elected more than anything else, genuinely. And so I went from... Being in a situation where I could tell my girls, we have a woman who is the president of the United States. You can literally do anything that you want to do to having to explain to my girls why our country voted for Donald Trump. And that was a really goddamn big swing. Okay. And I was crushed. So I went into Chelsea's room and she was looking at the returns on her phone. I took her phone away because she had school the next day. I wanted her to go to bed. I took her phone, and then I stayed up all night watching the returns come in. I was a hot-ass mess, and she came into my room at, like, 5 a.m., and she looked at me, and I was crying because Hillary had just conceded, and she said, he won, didn't he? And I was like, yes, and I had already seen my, my older daughter was at, she was away at school, and I had already seen my older daughter tweet, y'all voted for hate, And so I knew that she knew and I was just crushed. And so to see this response, to see all of these women running for office, for the first time since that night, I feel hopeful again, like I can actually tell my girls, you can be anything that you want to be, you can do anything that you want to do, because these women are doing it. And I'm like, I'm so proud of them. I know that it's not an easy thing. And they're still going to face a lot of opposition. And people think that, things are much easier for women now and they, and they are in the grand scheme, but there's still, you know, a lot of inherent sexism that we have to deal with every day. And so it takes a lot of courage for these women to run and put themselves out there like that. And I'm very, very grateful to them for doing it.
2: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, I can think of no better note to end the podcast on than that. Uh, So uh, for Gina Thomas, uh carter uh fantastic job thank you for joining us today uh yeah. carter brazil from the Falcoholic. um let me just close with this as always uh for those of you who are listening uh, don't be passive in this current atmosphere go out get involved make sure you vote the direction of this country rests in the hands of those who will not be content so for gina thomas and at carter brazil i am david walker Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon.